get a bad name because that's what people equate them to is NPR. They think it's going to be a bunch of monotone people talking about current events or something they don't really care about. Because I've heard them interview people on NPR and I'm just like, man, that dude is a fun-loving dude and y'all are talking to him like y'all are inside a library. Comey Media Group proudly presents Revelations with Cole Johnson. Welcome to Revelations. The place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. He is the solo host of the podcast, Just Say Words. He also co-hosts the MAN podcast, that is the acronym M-A-N, Masculinity, Allyship, Nourishment. Right now, it is time for you and me to support your local pod dealer, Jay Robinson, simply known as Jay, this is his revelation. What's going on, man? I appreciate you. That was a dope intro. I feel like uh, that's like when Michael Jordan came down, like the smoke came out, there was a little bit of music playing. I appreciate all of that. That was dope. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Man, look, I, I've been around the podcast circle for a, a little while now, and I've heard nothing but good things about you. And I said, you know, I got to see what's up with this brother because, man, I mean, just the things that I'm seeing online and things I've heard with your shows, it's just eye opening. Oh, man. No, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. No problem. So uh, when I listened to the intro to Just Say Words, I was taken aback before you even said it's showtime by the by the music. And I was listening to it and I said, wait a minute, the sample, what sample is that? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a Philly group sample. So when you started that intro with Just Say Words, was that on purpose to let everyone know that you have a Philly vibe to you? Um, no, to be honest, it was um, a friend of mine that I knew from high school is a producer. Um, and he had a, like, he had this cloud storage thing that was full of, like, beats. Um, beats he had submitted to, like, artists. And then he just kind of was like, here's this, like, junk file. And I was like, yo, I just want to look in the junk file. Um, I ended up looking in there and there was, like, all these beats. There was, like, samples from 112, samples from the stylistic, samples from the roots, like you said, samples from all these other people, right? And I was like, I played with, um, all of the various intro music. Like, I would do intro music. I would do the long intro. It would be like, a minute before I even started talking. And then I did it, moved it to like 10 seconds, to 15 seconds, to, you know, 45 seconds, just to kind of mess around and kind of get the vibe so people can kind of like get this thing. And so I started sticking with that, the one that I have now, mainly because it was cool. It was different. I saw a lot of people just picking like whatever the hottest rap in, like instrumental was, and they would just make their show with this thing. Yeah. So when I picked that beat, I just was like, yo, this is good. The, the funny thing is, is I said, whenever I hit my 200th episode, I'm going to change the intro music. Um, and so I think we, I think that intro has grown with me the way that um, uh, the way that the show has grown, right? So I try to give people a vibe of where I'm from. I try to give people a vibe of like the things that I'm into. And so that intro music has been with me when I only got four plays to all the plays that I get now, right? So I think me moving on to new intro music is kind of like, 
all right, I kind of, we can take the training wheels off now. Yeah. Talk to me about your upbringing. I'm thinking it started in Philadelphia. Am I off base? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. You're 100% correct. Philadelphia, uh, whatever you guys would like, just if you can remember the Fresh Prince intro. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, my upbringing was pretty. So I'm doing this thing now um, as I look back at it, right? Like it was really peaceful. It was really cool. Growing up in Philadelphia, everybody knows Philadelphia is a rough city. Um, there's no dispute in that, right? But like when you're a child and you're growing up in it, there isn't, um, that, like that isn't as prevalent in your mind. Um, growing up in Philadelphia was, was dope, man. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I still love the city now, um, wherever I go. Um, I make sure that I show that place love because I am nothing without that city. Um, growing up, it was just me and my mom. Uh, I have two older brothers um, and I have a younger sister too. But uh, at that time, <laughs> it was just me and my brothers. Um, and my mom was a successful businesswoman. Um, she owned two salons. Uh, she worked at one of the biggest barbershops in the city. Uh, for those of you that grew up in the 80s and 90s, um, Andre Desmond, um barbershop slash salon was the biggest most successful salon in the city um and so she worked there for a while and she spawned two shops off of that shop um so she was she's the person who taught me work ethic she's the person who like showed me like yo you got to get up you got to do it even when you don't want to um this all starts and stops with you right and so i, I apply that same work ethic to my job to the podcast um uh you'll even see me like if i don't put out a show i was like sick i remember last year like i lost my voice for like two weeks i it took me three days to put out one episode because i could whenever my voice did come back i just used it to record (laughs) is it that's it um but that's just the work ethic right like the show needs to get put out and i'm just now getting to a space where i can be like oh i'm not going to record today because i don't feel good or i don't feel funny or I don't feel like the content will be as good or my delivery will be as good. But as far as like work ethic, day in and day out, no, I 100% get that from my mom in the city. I mean, the city is like that. It's just a blue collar people being like, this has got to get done. Well, get in the trenches, do what you got to do to succeed. Um, and so I carry a lot of that with me. Yeah. When, when I visited there, uh, it was years and years and years ago. Uh, the vibe I got was similar to where I, where I grew up. I grew up in Houston. Uh, the vibe is real similar. And and when I left there and and mind you, when I was in Philly, when I visited there, I was not nearly old enough to appreciate thing like that as I am now, because if I were to go back there, I would have a whole lot better appreciation of the city of Philadelphia. And I had an appreciation for it then. But I was so taken aback by I'm like, wow, it is similar to how how Houston is. You know, it's, it's, it's blue collar. It's, you know, you gotta, you gotta get it done. You gotta have that work mm-hmm. ethic. Uh, you know, you, you know, you have to take care of what you do. And if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> no excuses. Right. No. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the vibe, the vibe I got from, from Philly was, man, I can move here and they would feel as if the only thing that would be different for me is that it's a time change and, and climate. Outside of those two things, it pretty much would feel like I'm at home, you know. So yeah, I, I always if I had an affinity for Philadelphia, and and for those who in were in Philadelphia, uh, hence for me, m- my favorite duo in 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 music of all time in write in songwriting is Gamble and Huff. I cannot get enough of wow. their writing. Love their stuff. Yeah, love it. Incredible. Yeah, 
Yeah. So considering that you had this work ethic and also considering I'm hearing this voice of yours, you had to have some sort of itch to want to be in entertainment in some form or fashion. So uh, what entertainment aspirations did you have when you were growing up? Oh, um, to be honest, none. Uh, I think this comes from me having a vivid imagination. Uh, I'm also a middle child, so it's one of those things where, like, you're left alone for, um, like, a bulk of time to kind of, like, entertain yourself, right? And yeah. so that's why doing a solo, po- a solo host podcast is it so hard to me, right? Like, people are like, oh, it's so hard to do whatever. I remember being in a room playing, like, at my desk with the toys and talking and making them talk to each other and that kind of thing. But um, I remember very young, or, like, very early on, I should say, when I was young, um, people would tell me, like, yo, yeah, this, he, he can, like, remember stuff, and he can remember lines, and he can do all this other stuff. It just, the cards never, like, uh, fell or the stars never lined up to where I kind of got that big break. I had actually talked about this on the Man Podcast how um when they were doing that second tier of the nickelodeon show all that uh this is before amanda Bynes and all them came on the show but i remember seeing keenan and kel up there and i was like i can do that and they had an audition in philly and my mom had she still was gonna work and she was like i'm gonna get off work and then i'm gonna come and get you we're gonna go to the audition right uh she comes she comes and picks me up we're going to audition we get stuck in traffic there's like an accident we get to the place we were literally like five minutes late and everybody oh. was gone. Oh, <laughs> and so I remember being a kid and then watching them be like, and these are the new people that we picked for all that. And they like bring out all these new people. And I'm like, one of them could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was the thing. So like, I kind of like got into this space where it was just like, yeah, just, it's the same thing. Like I said about the city, like you just keep working and you keep doing this thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I remember taking all these things I used to have like uh, a speech impediment too so my mom made me take a lot of speech classes so I was constantly talking and that turned into like me getting in trouble for being in class constantly talking and making jokes and all this other stuff um and then people will be like you need to do something with your voice you need to go like do speeches or you need to go do something else right you can entertain with this thing and I never thought about it I never applied any of it to be honest and then around the time when blogging was dying I was like I kind of want to do that like I kind of want to blog because everybody else is kind of over it's not saturated anymore um and then I was introduced to like podcasting and I was like yeah because I'm terrible at writing <laughs> so <laughs> let me <laughs> let me find something else and they were like yeah you can just do this thing where you like you know talk and crack jokes and um, I tried to get in the podcast. And then, I mean, here we are. So I guess I did okay, right? Uh, I would say you have. <laughs> I would definitely say you've done well for yourself. No question about that. Uh, so what So what finally motivated you to get behind the mic and speak? Um. All right. So this is the thing that I tell people all the time because they're very surprised at, like, the way the show is set up now. The show that everybody is receiving with Just Say Words is not the show that was originally thought up. So I did this thing maybe, this might have been three years ago now, uh, because uh, I wanted to do a show for people that were into tech, like people of color that were into tech, basically. So like if you were into computers, if you were into video games, if you were into uh, coding or anything like that, I wanted to do that. And we would sprinkle in some, you know, pop culture and all that other stuff, right? So I did all this research about like, uh people of color doing stuff with video games and only like some stuff would come up and then people of color in the tech and it wasn't that many 
And so I was like, okay. So I had two other friends uh, who were going to do the show with me. Uh, one of them got engaged and then got married. And then I remember his girlfriend being really cool with him doing the show. And then once they got married, she was like, nope, <laughs> he can't, he can't come out and play anymore. Uh, oh, and that no. was really weird for a minute. And I was like, wait, okay. You know, I'm not going to stand in the way of anybody else's happiness. There was a, there was a little bit uh like confusion going on then. Uh, the other guy I was going to do the show with, who was going to be a part of the trio, uh, they ended up having a baby and then they moved. And so I had already invested a ton into the show. I had bought like a new MacBook. I had bought these like mm. uh, mics. I bought all the stuff. And then I was just like, yo, I bought all this and now I don't do whatever. So I had it sitting here. Um, I had it sitting in the house and I didn't really know. And I was out one day. I was just talking to a group of people like, yo, do I send this stuff back? Do, you know, what do I do? And this uh, lady who was sitting with us was basically like, just do it yourself. And I was like, yeah, but I can't, I don't think I could do it by myself. And she was like, just get up there and just start saying stuff. Just start saying words. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so like a week later, I was like, welcome to the Just Say Words podcast. And we've been doing it since 2015. Hmm. So that's how the name of the, the podcast was born it was it was that organic yeah she just literally said just get up there and start saying stuff just start saying words and i was like yep (laughs) we're about to call it that so yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool i told her i named the show just say words and she was like do you think that'll work and i was like if i say it enough (laughs) and believe it if i believe it then they'll believe it and so that's kind of the way that works wow that that is awesome and i'm glad that it's it's an ode to somebody so that's it's really special wow okay all right all right oh well before i continue uh with your podcast uh so we talked about your your upbringing in philly but but you don't live there now am i correct right no i don't live there anymore. all right so you decided to settle where virginia beach virginia is where i am so just say words it's amazing that uh, you talked about how this actually was not originally a solo podcast, but right. that's what it is now. And what is your overall opinion about listening to other solo podcasts since you have done one for the last couple of years? So the thing that is interesting to me about solo hosted podcasts that are not NPR, right? Because those that are not NPR, people right? are different. Yeah, they are a different breed. Of- <laughs> um <laughs> hosted podcast can go one or two ways right and i'm talking about this as a a person who does one right you can make it fun or you can make it very informative right Mm -hmm. and the thing that i think that is better for me is to make my show fun i think a lot of solo host podcasts get a bad name and they get a bad rep because that's what people equate them to is npr they think it's going to be a bunch of monotone people talking about um you know like current events or something they don't really care about and it's just like oh it's so dry or the interviews are so corny right um because i've heard them interview people on npr and i'm just like man that dude is a fun loving dude and y'all are talking to him like y'all are inside a library um <laughs> yeah, like that's how they talk to each other they're just like yeah and then this happened okay <laughs> yes and i'm like yo it's terrible you're terrible like stop being like that stop being you but uh, the the thing is i like i didn't have what it takes to give people 20 minutes 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour right it's Mm. still now doing it for two years it's still tough to me to give you 45 minutes or an hour right by myself there are some people who do it that are incredible shout out to like devin all steak no sizzle man devin can sit up there and give you 55 minutes of sports commentary social stuff and just straight like he can just boom through topics right 
And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And I, I, uh, I think I had DM'd him on Twitter and was like, man, yo, what you're doing is incredible, man. I wish I had that ability, right? Like, I wish I could sit up here and just do that. And he's just like, no, what you do is cool. And I'm like, man, it takes me, you know, whatever. Because a lot of the stuff that I do is succinct, right? Like, especially like when I do the news, my thing is like, I'm reading right. you the article, then I'm going to give you an additional five minutes of what I think of the topic, right? But it's easier for me to break the show up into pieces because I think it's it's easier to digest for people, right? So we get in, we do the intro, we do the promos, we do the sponsors, uh, talk about my week, we get into the shout outs, we have some fun doing that stuff. And then we get into like, hey, let me talk to you, move into news, move into uh, if somebody does something crazy, we have the segment, whose man's is this? And then I get to rant about whatever in tangent time at the end of the show, and then we wrap it up. I guess you in and out in 35 minutes. <laughs> so um, people like, yo, uh, people have told me, and I, don't, I still don't know to this day how I'm supposed to feel. They genuinely go, I didn't think I was going to like your show. And you know what? I had a good time. And I'm like, uh, okay, thanks. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, could you imagine telling like you go to the restaurant and being like, I thought this food was gonna suck, but you know what? It didn't. Thanks. <laughs> like, uh, all right, um, sure. <laughs> so yeah, but I get that kind of often when people are just like, yeah, your show is not bad. Um, you you make it. I'll, I'm gonna start listening to other solo hosts because you kind of like are the beacon now. Like, all right, that's the standard, and I'm like, I, and it scares me sometimes. So I'm like, I don't want to be the standard. <laughs> because two things are gonna ha- two things are gonna happen. They're gonna find somebody who's way better than me and be like, "Well, his show is terrible." I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> or, oh, no. or they're gonna go, "Man, I'll never listen to another solo host again." Like Jay did it good, and now the rest of y'all are terrible. And I don't, I don't want that to be the case, right? I want everybody to get a shot because everybody's super talented out here. I've yet to hear a really bad solo host, an independent one, right? I've mm-hmm. NPR, listen, no shots at y'all. Unless y'all want me to come on to y'all network, NPR, I'm going to come through and help y'all get it together. But the rest of y'all, y'all got to get it. God, NPR, you guys are terrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everybody else, man, they do an incredible job, man. I, I get super excited. I'm motivated by other solo hosts who can just hold their show down. I'm just like, yeah, man, I got I to gotta get my act together. Mm. You're listening to the NPR show with Jay from Just yeah. Say Words. And yeah. yeah, and that last answer was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, that would yeah. get on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, this is, I'd be like, yo, just get out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it, I, I sound like I'm sedated. Lord. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you actually segued me into what I exactly wanted to ask you for your next question. Uh, and before I get to the next question, uh, I'm 100% with you since I do a solo podcast as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to do, I, I have to do something entertaining. I, I tried to do an hour show and it, it was good, but I mm-hmm. found out when I, when I condensed it into 30 minutes that the 30 minutes that I was doing was, and I love, I love the, the creativity of it because I get a chance to play around with it and I get a chance to play around with my voice. I don't have to speaking of being monotone. I don't have to be monotone from minute one to minute 30. You know, I can, I I can, I can be as soft spoken as I want and I can be as animated as I want. And it takes, it takes the listener on a journey. And I love that feel. And I laugh when people say, well, solo shows are whack. And I'm thinking (laughs) one, you haven't listened to enough of them Two, You haven't listened to mine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, I feel like as a solo host, you have to have a small amount of Kanye. Like you got to be like, Yo. 
if somebody, yeah, when people do that thing, like, oh, your show is white, and the first thing I'm doing is not mine. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, no, not mine. I got the numbers to back this up. You are ridiculous if you think my show is terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, exactly. And that's the other, and it's the thing too, right? Like, I tell people, like, doing a solo hosted podcast is a lot like, is a lot like baking sometimes, right? Like, you're bake, you, you get to go pick these ingredients, right? You get to go. Uh, or baking or like making a meal, right? But you get to go pick these ingredients. You get to go do this, right? Like you are in control of this. You don't have to bounce this off of anyone. You don't right. have to ask anybody for any like, hey, is it cool if we do this? Or hey, if we, you know, do whatever, which is the thing that I've learned um, now and how much easier it is. Like when I tell, when people try to tell me uh, podcasting is hard and I look at them and they're like in a group and it's three or four of them or five of them or I've even seen oh, it up to like six, man. six people talking and I'm looking at them like, so wait what do you mean and they're like it's just so tough it's draining on us i'm like all of y'all right <laughs> that yeah let me explain something to y'all i do mm-hmm. two shows a week and well no i do three shows a week let me not let me not be a jerk about it i do three shows a week <laughs> and uh not only that i have to constantly be on the move for that right so when i drop a sunday show for just say words i right when i drop that i have to edit the man podcast because i have to drop that monday night and then I have to either record with somebody else or get the notes and everything together because we're doing this again Wednesday. Right. And then record for the next week for the man podcast on a Thursday night. So mm-hmm. out of my work week, I'm on this microphone four days. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that whatever it is that you, your thoughts are, oh, the solo host podcast is whack. You can't tell me that. I work incredibly too hard. <laughs> like, uh, and I feel like everybody should do that. The same thing like you're saying, man. You can't tell me that, one, you haven't given it a try. You The thing that you're thinking of is NPR. And that's, you know, no shots at them. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, that is a thing that people think of. Where we're just kind of like, all right, yeah. You think we're all going to be up here like, and today we're going to be talking about snowflakes and you'd be like that is it no i don't want to do that i don't want to listen to snowflakes <laughs> so yeah oh no gosh. we we all have to be uh, you have you guys all you got to be smelling yourself a little bit you got to be like nah uh I, i'm too good at this for you to feel that way oh yeah and believe me man y- your your show is something else and for those who <laughs> those who want to pass on just say words they're stupid don't do so they they, they truly it. are exactly don't do it. How did the Man Podcast come? So the Man Podcast. <laughs> this is shout out to Baby Huey for this too. So apparently, the Man Podcast was supposed to start sooner than it did, but I had never received a DM via Twitter, and so he said I left him in the DMs for apparently like a month. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so Huey and I know each other. He runs the Criminal Jam Session, which is an incredible show. Um, we talk about pop culture. We talk about everything going on uh, in the world today. And he does it with his cousin DJ Imperial. Um, they do like all these like throwback videos, and they have like albums that they discuss and they break everything down. So we had became really cool doing our shows together. We had worked together. Um, I had them on my show. Like like I said, they were in that small group when I first started. So he had came to me one day because another friend of ours who had did a podcast but she quit doing it so she could go back to school which is cool uh she had the big love podcast uh and her name was jasmine and she did this episode where she just sat around where her friends just talked about like sport that women don't get and all this other stuff um and he was like yo that's a really good episode i wish there was a show like this kind of like for men though like 
talking about the ins and outs of being, you know, like, um, you know, men don't get so much uh, support because the way society is set up. And then, like, there are good dudes out there and they want to be allies to women of color and the LGBTQ community. And then on the flip side, like, men, we don't talk about mental health or we don't talk about uh, any of that kind of stuff, right? So he was like, there should be a show like that. And so he came to me and was like, I think we should kind of set something up like that. Um, I had no idea what the show was going to be, right? Like, I just was like, yo, this is cool. I get to work with my homie. Um, right. Fine, I'll do it. No problem. Sign me up. And, mm-hmm. like, the show that we did in the beginning where we just talked about stuff, like, even when I'm like, just like I'm talking to you now, it would be stuff that I realized during me recording being like, yo, yeah, this is kind of weird. Like saying something like saying out loud, I forgot what it feels like to cry is is an intense sentence. Mm. We were like, I don't I don't know what that feeling feels like anymore. And they would be and then like people would like DM us or they would uh, write in or they would you know hit us up and be like, that is insane. Like, you don't, you know, I would be like, yeah, I don't know. We would talk about stuff. I mean, with him being an openly gay man um, mm-hmm. and me being, uh, you know, a heterosexual, we had, like, these things. We came at these things from different things, uh, different vantage points. We would talk about, like, I came from this place, so I didn't know that I had privilege, right? Like, I didn't know. I was just like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> and right. so um, he would be like, yeah, no, this is the way society is set up. So I learned so much being on that show, having conversations with him having conversations with people that we've had on the show. Um, I've learned an incredible amount from the guests that we've had. Um, we've had so much fun. And this show is this show is what we have, we wanted for our shows. But if we had to trade it for it to be the inverse, we wouldn't, right? Like, get the amount of plays that we get now to get the amount of recognition that we've already received. And we just dropped our 30th show. And they're pretty high up in equipment on jams, and I'm pretty high up with Just Say Words. I wouldn't trade any of that. I'll keep my same 10 plays from my first couple episodes in order for the Man Podcast to do what it's doing, right? Because it's it's giving voice to so many people that we didn't know needed a voice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, I, I appreciate both you brothers actually being transparent and allowing that to exist. Yeah, I think... I think it's a journey that we want other people to come on as well, right? Like, I think I think the thing that I'm constantly surprised by is that people look at cis hetero men in a way where they're just like, we try to be so dominant in the man's man, right? And I'll, be, I'll go through and I'll look at the comments and somebody will say, like, I really feel bad for you guys sometimes because you guys can't be 100% yourself. And it's like, I saw that, I actually literally saw that comment the other day, maybe like two days ago, and it's been eating at me the entire time, simply because it's 100% true. It's 100% true. I can't, as a man, I can't talk about how I feel because I'm either going to catch from other dudes or some woman feels like uh, I'm in my feelings, Um, which Mm -hmm. is a thing that just recently happened. It was like that whole day was something I was telling, um, I was telling somebody like, I was like, yeah, I just don't like the way that that looks. So I, I wasn't into it. I was telling a woman this. She was just like, okay, it's cool. You don't have to get in your feelings. And I literally was like, I'm not in my, <laughs> like, I'm not in my feelings. Wait, I, I can't express. I don't like something without it being, oh, he's coming at this from an emotional place. And I was like, wow. Okay, that is terrible. And then I've been, of course, I read that comment like, you straight males, <laughs> you guys, you guys are always trying to one up each other being manly men. And I'm like, Fuck. I mean, because I can't be mad at it. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. So when women say things like men are trash, which is a hot button issue right now, 
I can't have a rebuttal, right? Because I would be like, mm-hmm. no, there's some good dudes out there. But then I'm like, yeah, everything in the history of man is some dudes being trash, right? When it's just like war, mm-hmm. uh, famine, kingdoms, uh, any of that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, nah, yep, they right. I can't be mad at them. Um, but then on the flip side, too, like, I also want to be a springboard, right? Like, I want to be a springboard sounding board. I want to be uh, uh, an amplifier for women. Um, mm-hmm. I want to speak up for the sisters. I want to um, get help them get their point across, right? Like, I want to be a good ally in any way I can be possible, right? For my um, LGBTQ homies, like, I want to be able to speak up and be aware of their issues and speak up for them when people are saying that they're less than or they're whatever or whatever they're doing is a choice. And I refuse to sit up here and be like, nah, I agree. I feel like we can have that conversation and I can have that conversation, um, not necessarily for them, but with them in a way where I can go, yeah, no, I, I know where they're coming from. And I feel like I can speak about this because I think a lot of times the voices that are the loudest are the most misinformed people, right? Like they get up here and you, if you've been on Twitter or Facebook, you know, you have a circle of, uh, I know, they said we're not calling them hoteps anymore. So uh, um, <laughs> I guess ashy dudes, I guess is what we refer to, to <laughs> ashy people. They get to come over here and be very loud. And I get to kind of stand up there and be like, listen, man, I'm just like you. I'm a cis-hetero dude, too. But I'm going to tell you that you're wrong and you're coming at this from a completely bad angle. And it's better that you listen to what I'm saying, right? I mean, I want you to hear them. But if you're if you're going to be bullheaded about it and not listen to them, like, listen, I'm I'm like you. But I I know a little bit more. So you should kind of hear me out. Um, And that's it. I just want to reiterate all the stuff that they're saying. And I don't even I don't want the accolades. I just want them to be like, yeah, she said that. And any I'll I've done that a bunch on Twitter lately in the last couple of days where I'll just retweet something somebody said and they'll be like, I don't care. And I'm like, she literally like I'll say it again. Like I'll tweet the same exact tweet in the video and somebody will be like, I feel you. And I'm like, and this is why you should have read my retweet because mm-hmm. this is what the lady literally said ten minutes ago. Right. So yeah, it's a thing. And and here's the here's the interesting part about all of what you said. Seemingly it, it it is ingrained in us that we have to stifle everything you know to show emotion means and i know you've heard this just as just as well as i it means that you're a punk or you're a sissy or you're weak or you're effeminate and and the the the, the funny thing about that is you expect to hear that from guys you expect it to hear from the, the the elder guys and the elder men when you're growing up but I heard that as much from the women when I grew up. And I'm saying, yeah. wow, that, it, it doesn't correlate. I would think that the, the more nurturing side of humanity would say, you know what? Yeah, you, you do have to have some type of toughness. You do have to have some stiff upper lip. I agree with that. But mm-hmm. there, there is a time where you do have to let forth the emotion, because if you don't, you're going to become a deficient adult. And yeah. And, and and that serves nobody any good. None of your homies, none of your family members, and certainly not a woman. You have to say, man, this stuff hurts. Man, this situation sucks. You got to have those moments where that vulnerability is allowed. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, yeah, I can agree with all of that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 to not have it as a crime. But what I've also learned is it takes a lot of maturity for a man to come to that understanding because the messages we get. <laughs> if you get that say around high school ooh, the life ahead is going to be rough but you actually are ahead of the game but yeah i mean we as men are powerful and and and, and like you said bigging up women especially our sisters i mean 
There is no other beautiful creation on earth than a woman. None. Zero. It is my responsibility, just like you have taken it on for yours, too, to make sure the women know, yeah, you all are important. And there's many things that you all do I can't do. And it's because of that is why I need you. And and we need to have more men to actually own up to that. And, and along with it, say some things that you can't do that I am supposed to do. And that's why you need me, but not lord it over her. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You're going to go through this battle where you're like, no, man, I, I want to cry. I want to I want to talk about my feelings. Right. Because all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I've said this on that show a bunch of times is the reason why we're constantly being told. Right. Um, as men, like you need to hold that in. You need to not do whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You do this thing to where you don't know what to do with your emotions and then they get they all turn into anger and then that yeah. all turns into violence. And then exactly. so people just be like, Well, why are dudes so violent? And it's like, Yeah, we have right. no where and I'm not saying it's okay to be violent. I'm just saying I think no. we need to get to a place where we have a conversation and we need a safe space, right? So I think that is a thing that we do. Um even you'll hear me joke about it on the show, like when somebody you can hear somebody on the verge of opening up. Um, in the conversation and you you can hear it in their voice they're cutting themselves off and you'll hear me say it on the show like this is a safe space you can mm-hmm. you can say whatever if it's if it's too crazy we'll edit it out but if it's like of course but outside of that, if it's if it's something where you feel like I, this is the way i feel and i stand in this like this is my truth then yeah mm-hmm. like say it. you have to let them know like this is a safe space and i try to do that with people even when i'm talking to them face to face um because it's one of those things where dudes open up and then they'll be like man i opened up too much and they'll try to reel it back or i i even do this i do this thing where i'm like i'm opening up and i'll be transparent and then i feel like i'm too far down i gave up too much and i'll try to joke my way out of it like mm-hmm. so um it's it's a thing that I'm learning, right? Like that show has shown me so much as, as much as I love doing just say words and, um, mm-hmm. having all this fun, I would be, uh, I would just be a dude reading news and having, uh, fun telling jokes on the show. But the man podcast has genuinely made me a better person because of the conversations I've had with other men, the conversations I've had with LGBTQ, uh, members and stuff like that, where we could sit around and we could talk and they could tell me the things they go through and tell me the things in their community and how um, they're constantly being treated, the discrimination and stuff that they go through. Where I'm just like, yo, I had no idea. I'd never, you know, whatever. And it, it's the same thing, like, in society, like, they wouldn't come talk to me because they think I'm, like, whoever else is judging them, right? And then I'm like, right. I don't want to go over there because I don't want it to be like I'm the one who is over here just because I'm trying to be nosy or whatever. So there's always mm-hmm. a, a fair amount of, like, whatever. But there is a good back and forth that we have um yeah. with all the guests and man i mean like i say all the time man shout out to huey for just even having the foresight to kind of do some of the stuff that we do on the show yeah yeah it's, it's a powerful vehicle we wanted to create a safe space where people could talk about all of that stuff all their experiences mm. well you may have to create a safe space for me right now because <sighs> sort of to get you in the mode of how just say words in the man podcast roles i've actually been thinking about this for a good minute so in in the aftermath of seeing the uh, police cam footage of Philandro Castile before he was shot mm-hmm. and and uh, the the killer of Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa uh, being found not guilty and mm-hmm. the Michael Brown's parents getting a one point five million dollar settlement uh, in St. Louis area. Yeah. <laughs> it's leaving me perplexed, uh, a bit apoplectic. Uh, but when I'm not apoplectic, extremely angry because 
it, 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 it leads me to feel as though there are voices out here who are screaming, but it's like we're not being heard. It's like the, it, we're the wrong color. And, and I'm not even talking about black or white. It seemingly is if we don't have enough green, then it, it doesn't mean anything. And if, if someone is not going to go to trial for killing somebody else, well, you know what? We, we will, we will cover the pain by paying you off. I mean, to me, that's yeah. such a small amount of consolation for the damage that is done by having a life that was snuffed by many of these lives that are being snuffed. And there were no criminal anything that was assigned to that, you know? So it, it, this is one of those where I have to actually lean on another brother and say, you got to help me with this. No, I agree. I, I agree. I, um, we actually did an episode about this actually when this first happened, because for those of you that remember, Lando Castillo and Alan Sterling got killed the same week. They actually got killed like two days apart, probably. Um, yeah. And I remember being, that was the episode we did when we were talking about crying, actually. And I remember driving home and I was at the stoplight and I was looking at these kids at this daycare play with each other. They were chasing each other around. And you know how like, kids do. They play with guns and stuff, right? They, uh, but they're, it was like super soakers. And they were just like pulling them at each other. And I remember just sitting there looking at those kids and feeling hopeless. And I would, couldn't remember that up until that day, I could not remember what it felt like to cry. And I remember looking at those kids and just letting, mm-hmm. just like bawling, like looking at them being like, Tamir Rice is dead because right. he was outside playing. I'm looking at these mm-hmm. kids outside playing. I'm thinking yeah. about Alton Sterling. These people, are, you know, uh, Eric Garner, all right. these other things where it's tough, right? My, the mm-hmm. thing that I was the most afraid about is any day could be your day based on the mood of someone mm-hmm. else. Mm. And that is the thing that scares me the most. I just was watching um, that, you know, them talking about taking the people to trial who choked that dude out at the gas station or whatever that was, or a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who that was, but they're off-duty cops and they're choked this illegal chokehold on this dude. Now he's gone, right? They basically killed, they're killing people in front of their family, in front of their children. And then, like you're saying, they're just cutting you a check to be like, oh, you made a mistake. Yeah. Um. It's not. It's not a way to live, and I don't try to make it a black and white thing. But it is tough to be black mm-hmm. in America. It's always been that way. It's just now that we live in a time where everything is recorded and everything is shown. It also scares me to the point now to where we become desensitized to watching people die on TV. Oh man! They show yes. this thing, and that's the thing where like people have to openly tweet and Facebook and say. Stop retweeting and stop sharing the video of somebody dying. You guys, stop doing this for clicks and likes or comments. Stop doing that. Right. You you become desensitized to it. I know that, like you said, we get numb to the verdicts. Oh, we mm-hmm. know they're going to get off. They cops. They're not about to go to jail. They're not. Yeah. They're going to get fired. They're going to go to another or whatever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. police department or whatever. They're going to go work somewhere else. They change their name or whatever it is they need to do. And that's it. But like you said, if you cut into somebody a $1.5 million, $3 million, a couple million dollars, just to be like, we tired of talking to y'all or we tired of seeing y'all on the news or this is all y'all going to get from the verdict. It is. It's terrible because they just being, it's essentially like they just give you a refund for bad service. They just mm. being like, all right, look, well, we messed up. Here's a $1.5 million. You're not going to get your son back. You're not going to get your husband back. That little girl's not getting her daddy back. But this is what your consolation prize is. It is tough. Right. It is tough. I think about it every day, man. I, like, I hang out with kids 
Um, there are a lot of children in the neighborhood that I live in. Um, we try to do some active community stuff on the side with the uh, with a job. And I just look at those kids, man, and I think about that stuff where I'm like, hey, man, any moment, in any moment, somebody's having a bad day or they deem you as a threat. That Terrence Crutcher thing got out of hand in no time, of no fault of his own. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, people always try to give me the like, well, if you don't do this, then, you, then oh. this will happen and everything will be fine. Mm. I'm like, so when you see videos of people complying and still dying, then what is the answer? What right. do you say? What mm. is the, what is the, what would you say we do now? What, do you want me to be a jerk? You want me to like, cause I try to not do that thing where I go all the way to the end and like be a jerk about it. Cause it shuts down the conversation. <laughs> but right. My thing is like, yeah, so if you're telling me they need to comply, then nothing will happen, and they still end up dead, then what would you have us do? Just off ourselves when the cops come? Like, well, uh, well, no cops here. Let me beat them to the punch. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, that's not the way that works. We, everybody now, like, I think they're, like, doing, like, a video I saw somewhere where, like, this lady, like, got pulled up on by the cops. She just busted out crying because she was like, I didn't think I was going to make it out of that. That's a (sighs) terrible way to live. You, You just, and you said it there. It used to be just, well, this is what we have to concern ourselves with just as men, as black men. And I try not to make it a race thing, too, but I'm sorry. It's it's there. It's heavily apparent. Now, women have to have that fear. And it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous that, you know, here here is this entity that's supposed to serve and protect. And I I will I will always love the line from Panther where the the actor that that played uh, Huey Newton said that the police are here supposed to serve and protect us, but all they do is patrol and control. And I'm like, man, if that isn't how, and that was supposedly (laughs) a depiction of incidents happening in 1966, 1967. Here it is 50 years later. And we could say that that's just as true, if not even truer now. And, you know, and, and what I, what I don't understand and you said it beautifully. Okay, so you say hands on steering wheel. Fine. You say hands visible. Fine. You say ounce that you are a concealed weapon owner and that I'm reaching for my I'm reaching for my license. Fine. Mm-hmm. We both can account to any of those incidents where those people p- uh, comply to that and their reward for that is a grave. You know, so yeah. you know and and and, and when also we're talking about in, you know scenarios where a guy gets accosted uh, for supposedly selling illegal cigarettes when you have all the bystanders who know the guy said that he isn't doing anything illegal. He gets choked to death, gets choked by a banned move. And yeah. not only is the police officer that did it not getting charged, forget a trial, not getting charged, but the person who filmed it gets arrested. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. so skewered. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing that is is um it's tough, right? It's like you said, like the people who are filming it, they're the ones who are going to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who are in those situations, bystanders, and all this other stuff. It's it's so wild to me that the like judicial systems and these police chiefs can't see through stuff where. Oh, well, right when uh, something was about to happen where the cop is running the entire time with his body camera, on, mm-hmm. but man, the camera went out right before the bullets started flying. He, mm-hmm. The guy who was dead is the aggressor. Well, how can we back all that up? My body cam just went out right when the bullets started flying. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's insane. That is, that's an existence that they're forcing us to live in. We're just like, mm-hmm. got 
I just take my word for it. Right. And I don't think we live in that time anymore, right? We we live in a space now. I, I'll give you a prime example where I was like, yeah, this is never going to get better. I watched a video of a white fight to police where he tried to grab both of their guns. He was like huh. fighting them off and grabbing both their pistols. And they just mm-hmm. got him down on the ground and then just arrested him peacefully. Right. And I was like, wait, wait. First of all, grabbing mm-hmm. an officer's gun, automatic felony. You grab two of them, bam, you're done, right? And they were just like, right. oh, he's giving us a hard time. And I was like, so you mean to tell me mm-hmm. these black dudes, y'all right. just been snuffing them out <laughs> without any, like, no question? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm very confused about how things work. But it's yeah. the thing where I constantly have to keep my head on the swivel. Um, but these are the conversations, right, that we as men need to have and we as a community need to have. It's not necessarily like we need to exclude, um, you know, our white brothers and sisters, but it's just kind of right. one of them things where we looking at you with the side eye a little bit, too. Like, mm-hmm. y'all don't see this, too? Because I don't be hearing nobody speak up. That's not us. Right. Yeah. 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 It's almost as if and I keep hearing it, too, like and, and I explain Black Lives Matter to people because they they assume and they think, well, when you say that, you're saying that you want your race to be superior than everyone, everyone else's. I'm like, no, that's one, not why the hashtag was created to really not the platform. That platform is saying, look, all these other people, when it comes to law enforcement, they get respected. They don't get mowed down just because they're black. And it's a sign of saying, look, we matter, too. We don't want to bring race into it. But seemingly legalized murder is happening to african-american people it just seems to be happening so this is a crowd saying stop this we matter we're humans we want to be human just like the rest of the human family so why are you doing this yeah i uh, absolutely agree so when people get upset about black lives matter i just tell them even though that the words are not written on the banners or Mm -hmm. on the website just imagine that as there is a two and or as well right. <laughs> mm-hmm. up there, exactly. right? So when people get mad, like, well, it's just, y'all just care about black people. Just think about it like this, like black lives matter as well. Exactly. Think about it like that. That way you won't, you won't have to have all this adverse feeling to it. Because right. like you said, if you, if you constantly cut on the news and you're being like, they murdered another black woman, they murdered another trans woman, they murdered a black man or a little boy or something like that. What do you think that's going to happen, right? Or, or do you think genuinely that, like, black folks are just going to be like, well, we better shape up it, uh, or it's going to be the same? We're way closer to uh, being violent. If, if the thing that you think is, well, they're just going to get their act together because these cops are doing the thing, imagine a bunch of, like, what happened in Baltimore and in Ferguson Ugh. year-round. Like, yeah. think about that because, like, like they keep saying, like, riots are the voice of the unheard. Mm-hmm. So I hope and pray everybody stays safe, but I will not be surprised. I low key call it right. It's 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 on the horizon. It's on the horizon. I try to tell people I want y'all to yeah. stay safe. I want y'all to be able to voice these things because like you said about us talking about emotions, man. If you're bottled up and you don't know how to feel about this stuff, you never know what you might do. You might yeah. snap off and see somebody doing something, man. You might go from video recording to be like, Look, man, you don't need to put your knee in his neck. 
You don't need to do that. And I've seen this kind of like get away with everybody. I've seen mall security even tough up like they're going to do something. I've seen yeah. them doing it to teenagers, and I've been like, yeah, man, they think that they can see their other little cop buddies on TV do stuff to people and rough people up and nothing will happen, that they can kind of do that. And I'm like, yo, even the mall security dude is acting tough to people. Throwing kids on the ground and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to – it's not going to end well for y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and and I agree. I, I, the way things are going, I don't really see. I don't really see anything that's changing for the better. I'm actually seeing things that look like looking like they're going to change for the worse, just in that realm alone. But yeah, but you know, but hopefully, man, uh, hopefully it, we can you know we can band together with others and have dialogue like this to where other brothers and sisters of different nationalities and cultures uh, could see that. We care about the, and we care about our own humanity too. And we don't want anybody to lose their lives at all. We don't want to rule over people. We want to stand side by side with them. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. I think it's better for us that way, right? But I'm also, yeah. I'm also open to answering questions, right? Like a lot of things, a lot of times people be doing, just, just go to Google and Google it and you'll find out. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not, that's not as inviting. It's not as um, engaging is having a conversation, right? Like, if you don't understand what you want to understand, and it's coming from a genuine place, not some Katy Perry type <laughs> like, where you're just like, well, I don't, I don't understand, but I need to do this for publicity. Like, you really want to understand, then I need you to ask and be open to criticism and be open to you don't have to defend your people, right? Like, it's bigger than you, but it's also, you can also make a change as an individual. Um, so like I was saying before, like the thing about when women say that dudes are terrible, I can't fight that because I know that there are terrible dudes out there, even though I know in my heart of hearts where I'm like, hey, I don't act like that. And I actually don't know any man in my family that acts like that. Right. But I can't fight the fact that I know that men act like that. So it's the same thing. If I'm sitting up here and I'm telling you, hey, man, white folks is bugging a little bit. You can't get up here and be like, not my white people. Like, <laughs> you gotta be like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Your, your brothers, your brothers and sisters. Um, and I think that's the other thing too, man. I think, you know, with uh, the way the election went, the way that everything else and all this stoking of all these wild uh, fires, whether they be emotional or racial, any of these other things, man, where the conversations have become less and less, man, but also the allies are kind of popping up left and right. But I don't even know if they're genuine allies. I just think, do they, has their privilege kind of ran out? And they're like, well, it's better for me to come over here with y'all now and fight along y'all side because it ain't working the way it was working before. Mm. And so I think those are conversations that we're going to need to have. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to have them now. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Yeah. No question about that. Well, uh, well, speaking of conversations, man, I would love to continue this one, but uh, I know that your time is precious and valuable, so I, t- I don't want to take too much more of it. Uh, so I will, I will end these questions, and and I, I think I have an idea as where this is going to go, but I'm interested to hear the answers to this, to these. Okay. So, what is your biggest regret or lesson learned in your life? Um, that didn't speak up more. There were times that I watched things happen um, that I didn't agree with, or there were things that I signed up for and they weren't the they weren't the way I thought they were. And I kind of got myself into some various situations that, whether they were financial or not, um, I wish I would have spoke up and said something when the time was right. But I didn't, and so 
some things are set in motion that I'm just like, well, this is going to be that way for a little while. Well, yes, mm. uh, I wish I would have spoke up more. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Well, I think you put that regret to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. The fact that you actually said that and you actually have acted upon that by doing the opposite. Credit to you for that. Appreciate All right. So what? Oh, no problem, man. Uh, so what is your biggest accomplishment? Um, accomplishment. I think I think doing the first episode of Just Say Work, I mm. think it was just being like, hey, we're just going to do this show. And the fear of it, uh, of getting this show under my belt is um, is gone. Right. Like, I want to get this show out. I want to I want people to consume it. Hopefully they'll like it and we'll do another one. So doing the first episode of Just Say Words is probably my biggest accomplishment. Wow. Wow. And for those who haven't listened to his show, it's a powerful vehicle. And I'm so glad that I actually (laughs) have taken the time to listen to it. And I definitely going to listen to more of it. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Now, this is the time of the show where. I say to you, if you have any parting shots, like if you want to get at the 76ers organization for having the process <laughs> being trusted for uh, eons upon eons, or <laughs> if you have any words of wisdom you want to pass along, whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say right now, the floor is yours. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'll follow your lead. So, uh, the Sixers, um, I'm going to call it. We might be an AC. I'm just going to do that. Um, because the East is weak and we can do that. Um, also I want to give a big shout out to baby Huey. Like I said before, he's an incredible individual. Um, and thank him so much. I also want to thank you for inviting me up here. Uh, also when people talk about top five rappers, you guys should always do your top five underrated rappers. Uh, there's another thing that I suggested you do too, right? Whenever you start talking about music, Always count the people that everybody says. Uh, I put them in this category called Mount Rushmore, right? So you have your four favorite rappers or four favorite whatever singers that everybody's going to name. Put them up there. That way you have free space for your top five, right? So your Mount Rushmore, Jay-Z, Big, uh, Nas, and like whoever else you want to throw in there will say like Tupac since he's like the, uh, you know, everybody's on Tupac again. So that's your Mount Rushmore. And then you can say your normal five. Uh, and stop because everybody's top five is like the same three to four people and then like some random. So just do those your Mount Rushmore, your those first four, and then pick five that um people can be like, you know what, I appreciate that dude. He knows a lot about me instead of just going Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, Pop, and uh Ghostface. Like, okay, we don't care. We you made that up. <laughs> so that's that's a thing that you can do to be a better individual. Um, also, tell people what you're feeling. Even if you don't care how they react, just tell them, hey, man, I'm not feeling it today. I'm, I don't feel like myself. Um, sometimes just talking through it with anybody. Um, you never know what the outcome may be. So do that. Let people know how you're feeling. Wow. Wow. And uh, <laughs> and just to let you know, uh, my, my number one MC, Chuck D, right. always has been, my- always will be. That's my brother's number one guy, Chuck D. And then it's like, uh, it's like Rakim is like next. <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah, you can't go wrong with those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's mine. So yeah, you you wouldn't hear any of those Mount Rushmore from me. I would get those crazy looks of who, <laughs> and would <laughs> yeah. not care. 
everybody, everybody's Mount Rushmore, I think it all depends on your generation, right? So, like, your mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore sounds more like, uh, and I could be completely wrong, but this is how I feel like your Mount Rushmore. So, it's probably like Chuck D, KRS1, uh, Rakim. I don't want to say Cool G Rap, but that feels like something in there. That feels like I'm close to those four. And then you can just give me like a random five that you got. But I feel like your Mount Rushmore is legit the foundation of hip hop. And I think that's dope. Mm, I appreciate that. And you're pretty, you're pretty close. <laughs> you were pretty close. See? <laughs> oh, man. See, and, and, and we're going to have to pick this up either the next time you come on this show or when I'm on yours. Because. Yeah, man, listen. <laughs> Open invite for either one of the shows, man. You have an open invite, man. I appreciate you so much. Oh, man. Thank you so much. And I appreciate those invites. And I will take you up on both of them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this this man is something else. And, and by the way, you you helped me uh, in, in this conversation. I appreciate you in this. The podcast host of Just Say Words and the co-host of the man podcast. That's M-A-N. It is Jay. Jay, my brother, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Oh, man. I can't wait to come back. He talks so passionately and fervently about the need to release, the need to actually have a safe place to be yourself and let your emotions go. We're all taught to have our emotions be in check. And men are taught to have our emotions so in check that we really shouldn't express them. But I'm glad that there is a place somewhere in this world where it is allowed for you to express yourself emotionally because it is necessary. Otherwise, we would explode, if not implode. The word says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. In this conversation that I had with Jay, I realized that in adverse times such as this, brothers and sisters and friends are the greatest weapon against this evil that we are facing right now. We have to join together to fight and to defeat this common enemy. Special thanks to Jay. I appreciate the conversation and hopefully we'll have him back again to have another conversation similar to this one. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson and this has been Revelations. For more of Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O.